Hello, friends, and welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. And today I sit down with Rami, a.k.a. Kosha Dills. I love Monday. Well, it's apropos if you're listening to this on a Monday, but of course, that is the name of one of our singles. We have a couple out there right now. Rami has helped me tap into my inner rapper, and uh, we've created some really fun music out there. So if you haven't yet, you could be sure to check it out on Spotify and wherever music is found. We have Dreadle Trap, I Love Monday, among some others, but... The point is, is that today we jump into Rami's story, his journey, which is filled with inspiration and wisdom. And it's a really great conversation, which I'm really excited for you to listen to. So I thank you for tuning in. And without further ado, here it is, my podcast with Kosha Dills. Hello there. Welcome to another Great Day Podcast episode. You already heard the introduction, so we're going to jump right in. I'm literally sitting across from a very talented friend of mine, someone who I could call a friend. He used to be an admirer of the arts of hip-hop and rap that spewed from this lyrical genius. And here in the studio today, we got the one and only Tosha Dills. Thank you. Yeah. That was Exciting. Yeah, man. And today's actually one our, our favorite day because when life gets you sad, have a great day. Stay I love positive, Monday. Be happy. The world is your playground. And if you ask me, I love, I love Monday. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> little little excerpt from I Love Monday. Today. I love that song. Yeah, it is a fun song. We've 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 dealt out a few uh, collaborations. We have dealt out a few. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like at least four or five, maybe. Yeah, a couple. We got we got Dreadle Trap. And we have I love Monday. Monday gratitude list, and we have like maybe two blogs too. Yeah, two yeah. Two, yeah. We, we're, we're cooking, man. We're cooking, but a lot of things. You are the grand chef when it comes to cooking multiple various projects at once. It's uh, it's quite interesting. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm curious to know where that drive comes from because you know you've been. One thing people know about you is you're not lazy. You know, you you hustle, you work very hard, you're out there busking on the streets, you're rapping. What what keep what's keeping you going? I want to actually rephrase what what you what what people say as what people see doesn't mean is what actually true. You know, mm-hmm. like people say you're not late, like you work so hard. While I, on the other hand, know that I don't work hard at all. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that really work hard. I consider working hard, such as you wake up at seven in the morning, you get to work at eight, you work till eight, and then you take the train home and you get home at nine. And you're working the whole time and there's no phone and you're doing tasks. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I was kind of taught at work. And I felt like I've always been lazy. So busking on the street is sort of like this moment of like, okay, I'm not good at maybe organize like organization because I like suffer with anxiety and stuff, right? And so they have o- I have OCD. So I like to do multiple things at once. It doesn't mean that's how more things get done. So what I'm learning is compartmentalizing things and delegating tasks, I would be able to get more done and not be lazy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with going through your own personal fears of income and money and and running a business properly versus throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. So is that what you did for a while? Yeah, and so what what I want to say is, I'm no, I'm not lazy, but I think just because you see people doing a lot, 
that's what I'm showing you. I'm always showing you what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I only show you what I do only a few times a day. So how much am I really doing? You know what I mean? Right. And that's the stuff I try to ask myself. And I'm not afraid to tell anyone, like, you think I work hard? Like, I don't work hard enough. Work, I don't I don't work hard. Or you don't I, work, could work, or you, or, I could work harder. You could work harder. But are you coming from a place that you could work harder or you just whatever you do is not considered work to you because you enjoy doing it? That's another question. Um, rapping on a street for me isn't it isn't hard work. The hardest part about rapping on the street is deciding that you're going to rap on the street. Because mm-hmm. now you're showing people. Taking that action. Yeah. Well, it's taking the action. It's like, um, it's the same concept of you saying the hardest part about doing a podcast is getting the podcast and pressing upload and get, getting here, right? And you think it, it's not hard because you, you're doing it, right? But you're like, I can't believe I'm going to be a pod. It's like, I'm just running podcasts. Only 20 people are listening right now. Is that, you know, that's really the more difficult parts of being a creator. So like working hard as a creator, creating is easy for us. Correct? Like, correct. You know, create stuff all the time. Yeah. You yes know? and no. I mean, I, I could go through my stunts where I, where, it's, where I can't create anything. But I, I love to be in a situation where there's goals and numbers and I'm hitting these numbers as like productivity. So I think there's a difference between being busy and being productive. So, you know, and that is like what, when people say, Oh, you're, you know, I've gotten responses back where people are like, man, I don't need to help you. You just do so much already. (laughs) And you're like, dude, I'm like, you know, I'm throwing hail Marys, you know, the hail Mary is not the way you play football. It's strategic. It's, you know, you're inching along yeah. this, this world and we have a goal. We're trying to hit the end zone, you know? So is your strategy changing now? Do you feel like until like recently you have been just throwing Hail Marys, one-off singles, whatnot, and now you're trying to build out a structure, a system to your productivity, your creativity, and to where you want to move on in the next stage of your career? Yeah, because like when you... So what are you doing different? Um, I'm delegating tasks. And spending money, like on beyond, things. like where is that? Are you like Fivering it? Are you finding people online? No, like, no, what's I'm that finding mean? people that I know, particularly yeah. that do that work. You know, like I just hired somebody to. Okay, the next eight weeks of my, you know, the next eight weeks we're going to email for, you know, at least I'm going to have you for ten hours a week, and you're going to all that administrative work. We're just going to be doing outreach to like small, like just to like I want my music heard by ears, you know, mm. I want to make sure that these like staying in the inbox is kind of what it's called. So instead of hiring a publicist, maybe we're going to, you know, for we're just going to be like, we're featuring these two songs from the album each week. We hope you add it to your playlist. The playlist could have 500 to 50,000 followers. And like, ideally when you do that and you have faith in like the work, it's just like a company being like, hey, we're going to hire you for $40,000 a year. Some days you go to work, some, you know, might not do much work. Some days, and, and then kind of creating an environment where people want to work with you. Like people say, oh, you're so exciting. But like all those people said, yo, this is so exciting, Mayor. Like I love what you do. And you think, well, what if I got like 10 of those enthusiastic people and we just brought them on? And because and, they're also trying to be creators too. All those yeah. people that are like, you inspire me. Wow. I also love Monday. And you're like, how could we work on Tuesday together? Like, <laughs> how can I get, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yo, and it's true. We, when we worked on that, on that gratitude video, you know, we had someone come right on. 
Nat and she was awesome and like she, like shout out to Nat and and you and you're like I'm like who's this person you're like yeah she hit me up on on social media she said she wanted to vibe and work out on, work on a film and on a project with me and here she was and you said yes to that yeah and I, I really admire that because sometimes I would get in my own head and I'm, and I'm like oh you know I don't sometimes what I'm afraid of I think is that I'm afraid of I think a level of imposter syndrome where like, I'm worried that, yeah, you love me online, but if you met me in person, you won't like me as much. And so I appreciate when people reach out and then, but like, if they like, Hey, I want to work with you on a set. I'd be like, Oh, just uh, watch me from there. Um, and so I, I admire how you just like, you just say, yes, you press the button and people show up and you get help and vibe. Because most people won't show up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing. A lot of people want to do stuff. And we value what stuff they could do by looking at what they've done before. Um, I take this approach when I give money to someone who's who's asking for change, right, or or a dollar who's homeless, right. In New York, that's going to happen maybe three times a day if you go into places publicly. Yeah. You know, um, uh, here's my number. Do you need me to help you? Rarely will I get a phone call, but I want to treat people with like that utmost respect because it's almost like changing perspective. It's almost like I'm just going to tell 20 creators, I love you. I want to work with you. And you're like, okay, like what kind of camera do you have? And you're like, wait, what? what, uh, what I'm sorry. I, you know, can I go live? It's like people requesting to go live with you on IG. And then when you accept them and they're like filming in the ceiling, you're like, why are you filming in the ceiling? And you're like, I'm, I was shocked that you even accepted it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because you don't know what to do. It's like asking someone out and you're like, wait, you, I, I don't know where I'm going to take you. I didn't think you would say yes. Right. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. just right to be to, if you're going to say it you're going to put it out there be ready for the opportunity that's going to come and, and hone those skills because you never know when that opportunity is going to come so and keep- i i learned that i learned that honestly through like really believing it's going to happen through like freestyle and, and honestly the busking it's almost like ooh, that's so Everyone's like, wow, that's so like, I remember a girl told me once, I don't want to, that's beneath you, you know? She didn't want to date you? um, Was she looked down on you? Yeah, but she, I think like we had a, you know, like we were tracked, it was years ago. And, but I remember someone, this specific person was like, I don't want you to, you're bigger than that. And then I got a commercial for like $50,000 rapping on the street outside the Grammys when everyone was trying to be inside the Grammys. And I met, you know, Jared Leto, I met ASAP. I mean, right. I met people that were, you know, Roman Atwood filmed me and threw me 40 bucks. So some guy with a little camera, but cool. next thing you know, I had a million views on YouTube and I went up 2000, you know, subscribers like instantly, Amazing, you know, um, and so that's I'm- the Hail Mary attitude. You know, you go out there and you just, I, like, there's nothing wrong with throwing Hail Marys, but there also needs to be somewhat of a structure behind the, the chaotic Hail Marys. Like mm-hmm. we need to have an offensive line, defensive line. We need to have wide receivers that cut and, and you know, we navigate our way through the field. Sure. Well, do you have a, uh, a busking story that you could share? Something that crazy wild that, that happened to you while you're out there? Um, well, obviously, like you, I just mentioned, I mean, and I and also included this in a TED talk that I did called Freestyle Rap Saved My Life. And that story was me pe- trying to buy tickets to the Grammys from my friend who was no- from my producer, Jesse Shacken. He was nominated. He did See a Chandelier. So they had like three Grammy noms that year. Wow. Um, my buddy Megaran, I sent him money. I mean, with the Grammy invites, like you could only give like it's like a plus one. It's not like you have to be a member. It's a whole thing. 
So you can't just like randomly buy it off um, Ticketmaster or something yeah. like that. Though my buddy has ended up in the Grammys by those seat filler. Uh, I forgot what they're called, like um, one on one or something. Or okay, seat filler things. Seat, yeah, one of those websites. But he got lucky that way. Um, but yeah, you're saying that went to me getting bumped here, and they said you got to move. You can't rap here because you're on the Staples Center grind. You got to be moved from LA Live. You got to move over here, and I kept getting moved. So I moved like five times. Um, you know, I got invited to, you know, I met, well, you weird. had a ticket though. You were allowed never to had a ticket, you but then I decided I'm going to go, you know, do this, you know I mean? I'm going to mm-hmm. go busk outside. Um, and I think that sort of led to me being t- bumped here and bumped here and bumped here. And then I met somebody with a camera, just like the time I met Roman Atwood and, and Vitaly and these guys who are really big YouTubers. Um, Dennis Rohde, Kevin Brewick, these guys were just filming me. Didn't know who they were. They're like, dude, your life's about to change. <laughs> My, and, and now I stayed friends with these guys. And yeah. like, this was, in this situation, I just filled out a form. And then I got $10 a tip and just, you know, went about, went to some Grammy parties. It was really exciting. Um, but then like days later, I did some survey that I filled out outside the Staples Center. And then I went there and i was just dressed up and i remember i wanted to leave early like and i was like i got like two american express gift cards for like 150 dollars and there's a bunch of cameras and it was for chevrolet they were just asking some questions with survey there's a bunch of us in the room dressed up in sort of suits sort of proper gear and uh a month later after that you know i mean i had got my american express gift cards a month later after that i got a call from some woman in, in an email and from detroit Chevrolet and says, listen, you're part of this commercial. Um, you, it's going to start running. I mean, it's going to, you know, and we just need your information. I'm like, okay. Hmm. And then it like ran every day for like four months. So you got residual, residuals for that? Yeah, it was about like $50,000. So basically dude. like, That's I don't know that the like, life lesson never, is like, you're like, you're don't, it's don't be afraid to be so outside. I guess what I'm going to ask though, so I get segueing from your, from this crazy busing story is where I was, my, my follow up question to you is what character trait do you possess that that you show up or that you find these situations humility mm-hmm. humility that's all it is nothing is beneath you like you're 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 down like who am i like, why no because there's nothing beneath experience like oh i'm gonna like jump out of plane okay that's an experience okay i want to work on a farm okay you're gonna clean cow manure up now that's your job like like change your facebook bio Mm -hmm. like this is what you do now oh like i'm gonna go live in israel and like work at a cafe like oh you have a master's degree you're like well it's worthless here because you're out there's no like um oh well like i want to open up or i want to open up for a big rapper okay or do you want to rap outside a justin bieber tour outside in a parking lot for 30 days you know what i mean like i don't know i want a justin bieber tour or or Garth Brooks tour and it's all country fans and you're like, well, I don't, you know, who knows who's there. So you're, you're open. You're open to the possibilities. You're just ready. I'm a dreamer. Like I really dream. Like um, I'll just tell you the story yesterday. So I did this fundraiser at this place called Arlene's Grocery, raising money for um, NYC United Nightlife. It raises money for nightlife workers that are out of work because there's no nightlife anymore. Mm. Okay, cool. That's- so I raised about a thousand bucks. Um a girl that I'm working with named Bahada, um, really amazing photographer from Iran that became popular in America. 
crazy story, like separated oh. from her, just just a really interesting story. Her husband's over in Iran waiting for a green card. Like, you know, I mean, she's over here and she's doing photo, but she's famous in Iran. Huh. So she tags me. So I'm like, rap, you know how I rap. I rap about him. I rap about her. I rap about Mary Kay. Have a great day, Monday, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> he's going really, keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to the freestyle rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang around, listeners. It'll yeah, pay yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get so, to um, you think about it, she tags me, my inbox, I go live today, it's literally like a dictionary of farce, I don't know what was happening, and I was like, I'm going to start going live with people, and I was just going live with people in Iran wow. all day, That's and nuts. people are like, we love you, we love you, and it's like, to me, as like someone who's Jewish, and just, you know, Israeli-American, mm-hmm. and knowing those things, yeah. like, whoa, it's so nice to connect with people. And they're like, I love you. We love Iran. And they, like, barely speak, like, English. They're like, I'm Iran. Love Iran. Like, <laughs> you know. That's beautiful. Yo, it's, so you never know where that's where so that is going to come what, from. Who, who's to say what experience is more valuable? Like, yeah, money's money. Okay, great. We all need money. But that, to me... I'm like, oh my God, if I became like some massive Jewish rapper, like I was like, I could just probably start a YouTube channel and be like, dumb American tries to to learn Farsi. And like people were like just every crying emojis in there. In my mind, that experience was like priceless because I'm connecting with humans, you yeah. know, around the world that is making them happy. And they're in quarantine and some other part of the world. We have no idea what's happening. So That's who's to say what experience is more valuable? So I think as humility, if someone's like, hey, um, do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know, you want to shovel snow door to door? Like this year, there's like a blizzard, like literally two feet. I'm going to go door to door and like shovel snow because I want to shovel snow mm. for 40 bucks at a yeah. house and make 40 bucks. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think um, we forget what like, and that's actually coming back. So like all these people are talking about move because check it out. There's, if you think one of like Hollywood star, like there's a janitor in every scene, like there's a busker and there's the star and like we're all in the same room. So whatever you kind of have to do to navigate that, my goal is to be there. Sure. <laughs> by any means, by any means necessary. Like I want to be part of the conversation because well, I love it. Well, what, 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 you know, you said you are a dreamer. What is your dream? Like, and what does success look for like to you? Um, for me personally, like um, just having really warm relationships with people that care about me, love me for like who I am. Um, and, um, you know. Is that personal? Is that professional? Like, that's personal. But yeah. I think my personal is also professional. I think professional, it's like, sure, you want to have finances that could be like provide for your significant other and your family. The beautiful thing about art is that you never know when, but it's sometimes hard to explain to people, hey, this is a secure thing because I do it all the time and I'm the best in the world at what I do. Mm. So imagine you just met someone who's the best in the world and his main goal is to figure out how to keep that as a secure lifestyle. You know, I like making people happy. I think there's different mediums to do it. I think, you know, everyone has their sellout. Sure, I want to make a rap song about my personal life and it'd be the most famous song in the world. But I might make a rap song about, um, 
you know, like, um, you know, uh, Chef Boyardee or Chef Pickles Boy. or, you know. Tommy Fro- Pickles Frost. on the new, al- on the, on the new album. Pickles, yes. And I made a song for the Rugrats. And then like right when we, you know, and just I, I want to make a rap song about Frosted Flakes and Tony the Tiger. And that might be the one that pays off. And then I rap about my other. But they were connected to my personal story because they also had someone in their family that suffered from addiction. He just happens to work at Frosted Flakes. Yeah. yeah. And now I make a rap song about Frosted Flakes or a you know, like a rap song about Chabad 770 and someone else liked it that wasn't from Chabad. Maybe they work at a reconstructionist temple and they're like, I, my father would love that, but I'm like this and you got to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely like a maze. It sounds like you have a lot of faith, and like you, you sort of let I go have of control. Yeah. You let go of control. Like it seems like you you are an artist, a very talented one, and at the same time you're not married to your babies. You're ready just to pump, pump, let it go. It's not perfect. Put it out there. Not trying to control. You got your dream. They're not trying to control your des- your destiny or how it's going to look like. It's just you just have belief that's going to work out the way it's supposed to work out when it's when it works out. Yeah. Yeah, I might become really famous when I'm 45. You know, I'm 39. Yeah. Yeah. And I know rappers that I was at their shows when they were 33. And they're, um, and there was no, like 100 people there. And they had songs on Outkast album. And now they're playing for, you know, now they're in their 40s. And they started a new rap group. And they weren't together. And they're bigger than anything in the entire world. Uh, Run the Jewels. Kill, Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. Yeah. And I was at all his shows in the front row. And like, you know, it was 100, you know, 150 people. That was Mike and Run the Jewels didn't exist yet. And that's just a story of like resilience. And it's, yeah, I'm not religious, but I, I live, a, I have a faith-based career. Like mm-hmm. I know I'm good and I'm always going to release good stuff. Yeah. No matter how many people hear it and the numbers are going to be here, numbers going to be there, but I'm always going to send it to the best mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, whoa. Yeah. Do you, when did you realize um, as a kid that you had this talent to be able to rap, connect words, rhyme, rhythm? Um, I think like when I always do, there was these things that used to exist in New Jersey, at least called teen clubs. Like they were like, like they weren't like club clubs, but like they were for teenagers. Synagogues? Like no, no, no. To religion? No, like, like dance night, like teen oh. night at the club. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like a real club of like, like kids in it, you know, or like a, like a clubhouse or something. So I go to teen club and I started dancing to like music in my mirror. I just remember like glow stick. It was like sort of, you know. You what know, kind of music were you dance to? It's like electronic music, uh-huh. dance music, you know, okay, like Jersey yeah. House Club. And I was really into like that kind of music. And then it sort of bridged into like Wu-Tang was like where we're from in Jersey. And my friend from the wrestling team started rapping. And I had a Persian buddy, actually, ironically, he was like the biggest rapper in this battle scene. And we all wanted to be like him. I mean, he was dope. Like, mm. and he is still a dope, you know, but like, I was like, oh, I'll go. And one day someone didn't show up. And then I battled. And then I, there was like me versus three other people. And out of all of them, I didn't advance. But I was like maybe the second best one. Did you prep beforehand? Was it all freestyle? Yeah, no. At that point, I was just writing. I didn't oh. really know how to freestyle yet. you know. And at this point, I was you know, smoking weed and freestyle. And, yeah. kind of, and that was at that time. Um, and then I realized that I was performing better when I wasn't drunk or wasn't high. And you know, eventually got sober later. Um, and, but the, you know, up into that time I was rapping and rapping and rapping and my goal was to release a vinyl record. I remember that being like, this is my goal mm-hmm. before I leave college. I want to be, have a, my own vinyl record. 
and no record label would put me out. So I pressed it on myself and made my own label called Matzah for Your Mouth Records. And it was- Matzah for Your Mouth Records? Yeah. If you ever send me a PayPal, which um, you know, I encourage everyone to send me a PayPal that's watching. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is called, you, know, you just send money to Matzah for Your Mouth Records. Man, and you're so Jewish. It was, it was basically the representation I wanted to f- showcase out of Jewish identity was that, you know, I wanted to be very Jewish on a representation of like, I'm big, I'm tough, I could beat you in a fight, like we're physically, you know, like mm-hmm. that. It wasn't like a spiritual thing. And at this point, it was like, I was a Jewish guy that was like on probation and parole and coming out of jail. I'm like, it's gonna, not going to be KD Flow. It's going to be Kosha Dills. Right. We're going to be like tough, like business, like Bugsy Siegel. Yeah. And we're going to, uh, you know. Yeah, like that Jewish pride. Yeah, there's Jewish pride. I don't know anything about being Jewish besides matzah for your mouth. It's a matzah bowl, eating a piece of matzah. And it's an angry matzo ball. If you look, I mean, right. I, I, I mean, to give to give some context, you, you sort of breeze right through it. You did go through some metamorphosis when it came to your brand name. You started off with kosher dill, kosher, kosher dill, kosher dill, and you went to then Katie, Katie Flo, Flo, yeah, and then kosher, kosher dill. dills, yeah. What's your obsession with pickles? Nothing. Actually, the brand that took the brand to, like for 2015 at Warp Tour, and it was like be like a lot of teenagers, and sort of pickle Rick had just come out, oh. and we're like, dude, like we just like design. I talked to my, this is the dude Miko who was designing my stuff for a long time. And he's like, let's just do like uh, what I do all day. The album's going to be called What I Do All Day, 2016 album. What I Do All Day. What I Do, exactly that song. And then we're like, how about we just do What I Do All Day and Pickle? And we'll change the banana from Andy Warhol's cover to a pickle and we'll just switch it up a little bit. I said, okay, I like this. And we have I have a tent that's green and kosher dills and it's like warp tour is very like this is punk rock this is hippie rock this is 50s rapper g easy this is hippie rapper this is uh white trash rapper and this is jewish rapper and the guy who runs warp tour is punk rock is definitely like rebelling against what it's be so being a jewish rapper is not going to be popular on a certain level but it's certainly punk rock cuz no one else is doing it so we're like we're like oh how will we get kids to our tent because no one knows me for my music let's put pickles out and people just flock to we're us just, and kids are like pickles i want a pickle and they're like i'm a rapper and you're like i want a pickle rapper and then we're like yo this is like people like pickles and if you look at the history of like pickles in media they have become popular for and honestly, sounds kosher like Dills, pineapples. I know pineapples had a kosher big... dill. Yeah. yeah, like listen, kosher dill though was like a business reference, a Jewish reference, and a sexual reference. I was seventeen, so that's what I thought about on any mm-hmm. level. I was seventeen year old. That's the answer. Okay, yeah, all that's right. That's the real answer. That's the answer. But like, it's got become to. part of my brand as pickles. Like, I would say since twenty fifteen. Okay. Wow. That's 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 amazing. So I mean, and still part of it. I mean, some of my pickle merch. Shout out to Shalom Clothing who designed baby dills. One guy goes, listen, you need to give out baby deals because, hey, everyone loves baby deals. Not everyone wants a giant kosher deal spear. You know, but I'm like, oh, pickle, you know what I mean? One. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. And all my merchandise that has pickles, I could sell it to people that don't know my music. And I think it's really important if you're ever making a brand that yeah. you have something that you could sell that people will like. Yeah. Like, you're like even yeah, it. you are the you are the merch king. You have every type of element of of clothing out there. What kind of what kind of student were you though? Because you have like your your mind's running at a million miles a second. Student, you, yeah. What kind of student were you back in the day? Did were you the one that got kicked out of class a lot? Did you no, I was like a BC. I was I'm a good I'm like I'm like a good student, but I'm more of like 
I don't want to study, but I'm down to create a really good relationship with the teacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want to hang out in class with you, but let's get coffee afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, like, um, and I, I will say something that was really amazing is like, I went to college with like a Division One wrestling, you know, yeah, like ready Rutgers. to wrestle. You were, you were wrestling and you were creative writing there. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left, I had like two felonies, jail time. I was like <laughs> uh, all the way down. In the last, when I got sober, I went back to school and, you know, I tried to to school for just to finish what I had started, like the English creative writing and had Uh to finish some basic stuff. Did you finish it? Yeah. Yeah. I got a bachelor's and whatever. whatever, Cool. Does creative writing help you when it comes to your rapping? Yeah. I think I could write about anything, you know, and I've also taught, you know, stuff in in a sense of like writing techniques and things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about writing. I know that I could write a really something weird, you know, write songs Mm. about things that no one will know. But what I did know is that, and I went back to school and it was second nature for me to just look at other people's tests. And like, I was, it was like hard for me to study and not cheat like, I don't know. It's like What's like driving mean? like driving with your phone nowadays, and you just want to touch your phone while you drive, and like yo, it's illegal. But maybe if you got electrocuted every time you touch your phone in a car, like you wouldn't do it. One of those dog collars on, you know, yeah, exactly. It like zapped you, right? But for me, I was just so used to because I I got to a point where I was just like, for me, why? it was like it's just cheating. Like I just why I why where did that come from? This is. Because, like, when I was getting high in school and not doing anything, I was like, all right, who am I going to copy off of? Like, yeah, like my, you know, like. So when you went back to school after you got sober, that's where you Yeah, it was doing? like, I was like, dude, oh, okay. they're like, they're wrong, you know? Like, I'm I'm just looking. I just want to look. What, second, what would you, you put? Would, would you look over and look at somebody and get and you see that they had the wrong answer? And would, yeah. you, would you help them? Would you like, yo, dude, no, number no, six. No, no, number no. six is. But I just, I just had this epiphany. I was like, it's really hard to break old habits and what we're taught as from, from what we grow up with and that's like an old habit to break like um you know i just want to like you know yeah what do you like what do you put <laughs> you know what i mean but not the, like but ch- ch- talking about pivoting to like changing ha- habits and 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 starting fresh and new has that have you learned a lot about that in sobriety isn't that a, a part of the journey of like letting go of old ways of being yeah but it's easier said than done i wouldn't say hey no one said it was easy no, no. Um, I think Roll tape back. I didn't say it was easy. I didn't right? Say it was yeah, easy. yeah, yeah. No, you didn't say it was easy. Yeah, sure. Easy answer for you to say. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. For, say the question again. Let's. Wasn't much of a question. More observation. I, well, my question though to you is: Did you has your art changed? Have you has your art changed pre and post sobriety? Yeah. Well, one, I really made nothing. I mean, I've been sober six, 16 years, over sixteen. Tremendous. You know. We sixteen. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Um, Bring in the balloons. <laughs> like I, the, even my voice is just different. I was like, yo, yo, like straight hood mm. and like less hood, like less hood. And then, you know, I went out to LA. I was always obsessed in my art with Hollywood. Even when I was getting, I wanted to like do drugs and like take a limo to like Vegas or like things like just in my mind. I was, I was really insane. Then I like when I started going out there with the producer and he's like, let's go record in L.A. I had done some shows in Hollywood. I was connecting with people on MySpace. And the music was like freestyling and fun. And the engineer that I worked with was really good. He's like, just do it like this. Let's do it like that. And he was kind of like giving me a little nudge, a and me. Um, then uh, 
I thought like, whoa, like my music's so much way more fun and there's still like older elements of it in there. And I was just making songs that I thought were very keen to the time. And I'm really into pop culture, really into indie rock music, really into gangster rap. Yeah. And a lot of my stuff now blends multiple worlds together. I really love the Orthodox Jewish world. I'm not an Orthodox Jew. Yes. I really love <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Jew, you know, growing up Chabad is is that's like where it's pre-programmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. And and it's like I'm not in street life anymore, but I still love like street. Like I just love, you know, I yeah. just love watching me a good drug dealer movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just like these things, and then trying to mesh all this into your creative art as a sober person. And then actually envision yourself performing it with like for what will actually the people who will be your fans um, consistently is evolving and changing and making dance music, making different kinds of you know videos, yeah. people being like, oh, your music sounds like this for kids music. And then being your Does natural you self. When you, get, when, you get, like, when you get a call and when you get called out that way, it's like, oh, your, your songs are cute or your songs are for kids. Oh, someone's like, dude, you would be amazing for... Like Tommy Pickles is like, I think it's a great song and it's dedicated to a kid's show that we watch as cartoons. But because it's Tommy Pickles and they got a cool little dance beat and I played it at some big parties, you know, in COVID that were like outdoor things and people dancing to it. Yeah, it's like nostalgia. I thought to myself, people dancing to this hot beat, but who dislikes the Rugrats? If you dislike the Rugrats, you're probably a horrible person. I think... I think that could mesh in with so many different kinds of worlds. But so it's like adult children's music. I even just made a song, um, you know, called Schmuck the Buck. It's about like a kid's book, but it's like a Jewish reindeer and a black sand. It's like everything's op like opposite of what the world knows. And I'm like, this is adult children. It's right. like it's like people really getting into the fact that it's cheesy, but it's still so awesome. It like transcends these yeah boundaries. these the boundaries and, the, and meshes these worlds and and brings back what we grew up on. And we're, I mean, who who are the adult who is listening to music today? Who are these? Who are the, the millennials? It's we were kids once, right? We all were just yeah, kids. Exactly. And it's nice to hear it. I I heard they weren't even brought back. Like, you remember those wheelies that were on the sneakers? Like, they had that for adults too. Wheels on the sneakers. Yeah, you know, like, yeah we like that. We like bring like, it back. Yeah. I mean, but the question is, you know what? You you know music well. This has been your life for all these, since you've been born, pretty much. And not since I've been born. Not since you were born. No, no. And my music been my life since I was like twenty four. Huh. I would say. Well, you were well. You said back in seventeen in the teen parties, you would go out there, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rapping? I guess. Yeah. So like, and. I yeah the club stuff like that, but I, when I first really up, met, like, I started dancing and I loved okay. I loved like dancing in clubs and I wasn't a real dancer. I had friends who were, but I learned how to like flow on a beat essentially, yeah. like at an early age, and I think that's important. I guess where I was going at is like you know you know music you know what the what mainstream music sounds like. Why why don't you create more mainstream music with mainstream type of beats slash lyrics themes? If you want to get to the main to that mainstream market, um, so you're asking like, why don't you make music that would be a hit? Like, I'm just saying like you you know the, the I yeah what I'm saying exactly what I'm saying is like stuff that will just catch more eyeballs in a way like your your stuff's super niche and it's and it has the followings that it has. But what I also hear from you is like you have these certain dreams and goals, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So why not why not put energy and time into into the into the-, the more niche you are with your stuff, I believe the more chance it will have to blow up. I think making generic songs should be for generic people that specialize in that. And I've never in my entire history of and I've had a Billboard charting album um, in twenty sixteen. Okay, and you know I, I had conversations with labels. And no one's ever like, well, we want you to make something like this. And I've had people to tell me to change my name from Kosher Dills, yeah. maybe just to Dills. So you could just, you know, get the Jewish thing off. But like the entire purpose of Dills me doing it. Bills. Yeah. Um, the the entire purpose of me doing it was really to identify as like, I want to let you know that I'm a Jew. And that's basically it. And I want to put it in your play. And that's for you to deal with. And it's not for me to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. The only people that have really told me to change it have been probably Jewish, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and I want to do that because a lot of my stuff is about identity and being a strong person for who I am. And there is a big fear of telling people, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm going to be successful with or without you. And it's up to you whether you like because my identity might threaten your identity, but we're I'm just expressing myself as art for myself. You know, I think people think, oh, check it out, six thirteen, <laughs> <laughs> referencing the time. He's like, you see, you're not going to be a chabad guy yet. <laughs> yeah, um, the signs are everywhere. I I think my story was that I was a I was a like I had a lot of shame, you know, and I and I deal with a lot of internal shame. That around like your Jewish a, identity, around my identity, period, like who mm-hmm. I am, and no one likes me, and you know, many artists do have these, sure. you know, a yeah, lot of don't us. Don't play it down. I know it. I yeah. Know it. So, I don't think that I should change for you. I think if I want to do and and for myself, um, I don't want to make. I want to make a song about Tommy Pickles because I liked it, and I know it's a hot song, and I believe in that song. I don't believe in a song called Pickles. I believe in Tommy Pickles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and. The way the world and culture is shifting now, the culture also believes in Tommy Pickles now. Maybe five years ago, believed in just pickles. And I think if you could get that as an analogy, if you stay in the game long enough, your vision will be on the top when when the culture shifts back to you. And you actually have to have the courage and the dignity to stay there and not break. Mm. And I think what – like you're never going to see – I work with a gangster rapper, like a girl named Gangsta Boo from Three Six Mafia, and she had like was nominated for a Grammy or they won a Grammy in her old group, and now she's on a new Grammy album twenty years later. But imagine if Gangsta Boo started making pop music. And I'm like, I thought you're Gangsta Boo, and you're like, yo, Gangsta Music's coming back now. Like, what do? Why did you switch? So I don't want to be caught in that and say, you know what, I should have listened to my gut. Instead, I'm listening to somebody else who has their own internal issues and is throwing them on me. And a lot of times in art, when you ask for advice and feedback, that's what it is. But if someone says, hey, Mayor, why don't you make less um, Hanukkah, just Hanukkah content. Don't do anything for Pesach or Passover. I mean, it's like two or like, um, what's that? Simcha Torah is like, well, you're really like delving in. Like I have friends that don't even know what that is. And you're like, um, just wait, bro. Like Simchat Torah is about to have its day. Like, <laughs> and you're like, yo, yeah, you missed a boat. And that's what street performing is really similar to. Like, it's like you go out on the corner, and it's not up to you anymore, bro. 
Like mm-hmm. it's the corner's job to provide for the universe and your and your hands are off of it. So it's really faith based already. So if like if it's worked for me so far, why why not? You know, and I think life is like that. It's like we try to force relationships, we try to force business, we try to force things. And um sometimes you gotta let it happen. That's awesome. I mean, you really touched on a very key component about I think any type of guidance and success is is to hear advice and ask for it and feedback. I think it's important, however, to know what your internal voice is saying, that gut feeling, and which has been guiding you so strongly. How does one, or how have you figured out what that your gut, your, what your gut's telling you? Does, does, I mean, I'm sure it takes tons of practice and making some mistakes. Your gut isn't always right. That's okay. But listen to your gut. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I was just in a situation where I felt, and I had a discussion with my friend who's in Ireland, um, today and I said you know what I'm getting angry at the way people are acting six weeks into this project but before day one I knew this is how the person acted anyway so why am I surprised now when I already knew the answer Mm -hmm. and it was my decision to hop into it and you know this is what this person's into and you know another situation like I asked this person not to do something I brought them out like they did it. Um, I asked this person not to do something. I asked this person to do something. They didn't. They did. But most of the situations I know all the time. Most of the my my theories about people and how they act with me or specific things they say. When everyone goes right, I look left because I know that I'm different than every. I know I'm special. Like that's how I've survived as a creator for 10 years without any other job besides creating my, what I do. You know what I mean? And people come to me and says, whoa, like, you know, yeah. this is really interesting. You've, you've like, been through I've, ages. It's been through ages. Yeah, man. Through, yeah. And do you feel like you still got more, the energy within you? You still you feel like you're just starting I'm just out? getting started, man. Oh. I swear. <laughs> this next video, like this next video, I got off the phone today. We're doing something. We're like, oh my God, we're going to have like a, we're going to have like a snow machine in this video. It's going to be like a holiday thing. And, and I'm like, wow, I just got off this one marketing call and I don't know where the money is there. Yeah. I might be spending income. Uh-huh. It might be coming. It might be going. But it seems to be fine. I'm, I'm managing to save money. And then, like there's certain people that opinion I respect because like my father, my father's like, he never gives me advice. He only is like, this is what you should do. He's like, you need a couple things in life. You need to have a savings and you need to have insurance. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you and have like, both? Huh? Yeah. Right. And that's it. You get in health insurance. Like my goal is to not get hit by a car. You know, if I get hit by a car, I got health insurance. I got hit by a car twice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, and then nice. I go and, and then like, um, you know, um, I got this, you know, savings and automatic. I wouldn't, if it was up to me, I wouldn't. But I think that's the stuff that I get from like, you know, my grandfather, when he passed away, they found like, you know, under the ground like coffee cans full of like thousands of dollars they're just stashing cash away like oh. you know like old what, school like one, one of those cans say kosher dills on it no no for, no, no, for no my no. boy rami no <laughs> um but like that that mentality is stuck with me of being like a grunt and a hermit and yeah. like a a little rock and like marking ourselves in society my, my my last name is evan ash evan is stone ash is fire so i love to like believe that like my it was like a fire and a stone, but the cool thing about a rock is it's like a rock. It just it stay. You can't move it. It's, you know, what I mean, it's there. it's there. You know, 
It's not water. It's not, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a rock. It's there. You always look. You're like, still, there's rocks here? And just wait because everyone will change. And if you stay in your creation long enough, at least with my stuff, with being Jewish, with being with like my big identity is like fighting anti-Semitism is like one of my other goals yeah. through my music. It's very much like Borat, like showing Hebrew and putting it out there in non-Jewish spaces and letting people react to it and see and, and exposing them by just producing it. And that's a beautiful thing. Like you said, like people in Iran, well, I didn't know that Jews could be so cool or, you know, opening them up to a new experience. They could literally different from what they know. They of. could literally got off the IG live stream and they're maybe they're like relative was like, but what are we doing? We're just going to burn it. I don't know. Like in our mind, we are taught we're in thing. And sure. for me also, it's different. It's, yeah. it's, you know, and another thing is addiction, mental health. Like I have experienced being sober. I have experience with medication, whether I'm on it, whether I'm off it. And that's like my experience I have to share with the world. Everyone at a certain point in their life is going to have someone have that experience, die from it. So it's up to me to put that out there as much as that's but nobody, not. Nobody has that calling. You know, people do go through mental health or addiction and mm -hmm. anti-Semitism and yeah, they don't have that need or that calling to sh to have a voice or to share that with others. Where does that come from? Why do you feel like it's your responsibility to to be there for others? In that I sense? think it's a platform also that I because I have a platform which makes it easier. And also I have a very interesting perspective because I've bridged into the hip hop world as like the guy at the time when I started rapping. It was no one had the name Lil this or Lil that or Lil anything. It, you if you weren't original you were whack now it's cool to sound like everybody else hmm. if you don't sound like everybody else the world can't put you in here the world wants to put us in a box mayor why aren't you like this youtuber why aren't you like this inspirational youtuber why aren't you like this inspirational YouTuber? well i'm like this you know i'm in this is what the, i'm bringing and then it's our job to find the people that also feel that maybe they feel it 20 percent, but they're working at a major corporation, they're working this, and they're like, dude, I found you. I I had this happen to me. And I was working with Menachem Silverstein, and we're like, let's, I want to finish it. Shout out to Menachem. <laughs> Menachem, I'm ready to like, let's let's make a pilot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We did a pilot. I had an interview come out about Nick Cannon, um, about Nick Cannon, what he said when about Jewish, yeah. what he said about the I Jews. And um, then he obviously repented on that. Um, but like it opened up the comment section and you know the comment section has its mind of its own. Mm -hmm. Comment sections already decided what's what's right and what's wrong, even when the person who said it made their own apology. Yeah. That prompted somebody else who felt who was a really big deal in Hollywood to reach out to us. And I'm like, yo, Menachem, thanks for helping me out. You took the time to, you know what I'm saying? So now we're all working together on something. Nice. And that just shows me that if I wasn't the person to do that, I would never have the current opportunity that I have. So it's really hard to be like, hey, you know what? I don't do any of that kosher stuff anymore. I'm just dills. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be involved. And that's okay too, but that's your life. It's not mine. And if you don't have experience of being a Jewish rapper, that's extremely popular. <laughs> like a little Dickie's like, listen, you, you do it like this. And you know how you... There's only so many of us, yeah. you know. Yeah, Mac, and I met all these guys. Mac Miller, Mac Miller yeah. yeah, rest in peace. Like rest I, peace, sure. there's Remedy. There was, you know, Ill Bill Necro. There's Modest Yahoo. Mm -hmm. There's Little Dicky. Sure. There's Mac Miller and there's Action Bronson. And everyone has their own uniqueness of what they're in, engaging in. Yeah. And no one's really the same. So it's really, 
there's no I mean, one the for world, me to the, look up to you, as far as it's only people to me to like someone hear my stuff and they'll be like, yo, that's dope. I really like that. Yeah. Is there is there a rapper out there, Jewish rapper or not, that you would love to collab with? Um, Yeah. I mean, the rappers that I want to, I mean, as far as like rappers I would love to collab with, I would love to collab with Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. I would love to collab with Kanye. Like even because even though he's so controversial, you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I think Kanye is the kind of person that would be like, Koshy Dills, Tommy Pickles is the greatest song of all time. Huh. I'm sorry. It really made me happy. It spoke to my soul. I was in the shower the other day. I, that's it. And then not is that what you first. imagine most people listen to Koshy Dills songs in the shower? No, but I mean, I, could have, <laughs> I, I, I envision that like possibly happening. And yeah. while there's a one in two million chance, like other people envision winning the lottery or raising sure. money for their 501c. And that's what I envision. Like, and I, Envision getting a fifty thousand dollar commercial on the street, or getting someone with two million followers from Iran to tag me. Yeah, and now I have you it's know magical. It's magical. Yeah, you have to believe in magic. It doesn't financially make sense to be an artist. I mean, because and and I pitch this for all single any any single men or single women that are creating is that you know we especially as a jewish person or you know especially just many many you know irish catholics roman catholics you need a good a parents from that generation anyone's 15 over what does he do for work what's the job where's the security mm-hmm. people believe and love security and the secure the security in being a creator is creating more mm-hmm. you know what i mean is to create even more and to be like, you know what? I'm 39 years old and I just got 1,500 TikTok followers and I'm elated. And, I, and I'm like literally like ecstatic that I rapped about somebody like being cool at the Billboard Awards and it got 32,000 views. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, really? Yeah. And there's these possibilities because I have a lot you've, of life experience. You've got a lot of mean? experience. And, you, and what, what I, comes across to me is that you have a young – the child within is still so very much alive. You know, like you just mentioned, you just use a fantastic reference of like how excited you are that you got TikTok followers, you know, where, oh. and you haven't, it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like you, there hasn't necessarily had a concern of conformity that hasn't taken place within your universe. I also want to just put out that like, I'm not afraid to shovel snow and like work a construction job from nine to five either. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, what are you going to do, Rami? Like, we're going to, uh, we're going to move porta potties in a day from nine to five. You're going to make $60,000 a year and you're going to be the porta potty crane operator. And, um, and after that, you're going to sell your, you know, sell your shamatas and t-shirts and stuff like that. And, right. you know, your, your joints, deals, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, any way I could connect to another great connector and creator, like maybe you'll wear a Koshi Dills Duncan and maybe you'll meet, you know, um, uh, let's see who, maybe you'll meet, um, Keanu Reeves, right? In LA, right? You'll meet Keanu Reeves and he'll be like, bro, that's sure sick. Yeah. And then next thing you know, we're creating speed seven. In the basement on the podcast. You got Keanu Reeves on the podcast. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is a big, and is a big had, fan. Big I've fan had a lot of situations where like Dave Batista was like, Coach, you got to put me in a video. And Dave Batista was like, Coach, you got to put me in a video. My best friend Flex, Flex Matthews, who I rap with, he's like, See, you messed up. You didn't have the video ready for Dave Batista and he would have been the football player. And now Dave Batista is like, So I've had so many situations where I was right there with the person that's next up. And the beautiful thing about creating is that the person next to you, you're no better. You're no better than you know. what I'm saying like I'm right now. I'm super proud to perform rap on the street. Like I met somebody the other day that's like, oh, I produced ten songs for Kanye West. This is awesome. I want to get more involved in like the Jewish world. And I'm like, oh yeah, perform ten, produce ten songs for Kanye West. And then I looked him up. 
Abraham said so God your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So like, and that was because I was on the street and it yeah. went to something else. You never else. know. And I love living in the you never know because other than that, it's like, okay, this is this is a portion of my life that's done and this is what I know. Mm. And I don't know. I well, don't know about that. <laughs> What's one thing you haven't rapped about and ever? And are you willing to rap about that right now here on the podcast? <sighs> um, I'll let you decide. I'll let you think about what I could rap about because it makes it one it makes it easier. I've never rapped about certain things. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. How about have you rapped about? Let's see. Have you rapped about podcasts before? Couple other, th- add some other things to that specific. Can okay. we go more niche? We're we're this is a niche. Okay, so I'll I'll paint out the picture that we're in right now. How about that? So maybe people who are listening can also get a visual of what's going mm-hmm. on. So a podcast taking place in the basement in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. Um, there are you know there's a guitar. Um, there's okay. a whiteboard. Yes. All right. We got it. We got it. And give me some. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, you want me to rap about, uh, podcasts? Yeah. Okay. Um, beautiful. Um, do you need a beat or you got this? Uh, you could give a beat. I could give a beat. You know, yeah. Yeah. You could do <laughs> it. My yeah. classic beats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're like, <laughs> you may want to, re- you know, move, remove those, uh, headphones to give some distance, but here we go. Ready? Boom, 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 Hey. Uh, check one, one, a one, two, two, three, four. Uh, what it sound like? Mary Kay, would it be boxing crown heights? I got a rock rap. I like rap rock. Yeah, I like the hot rap. Kosher Dills moving from pod to pod with a podcast. Never feel me in God's cast. Feel the what up? Yeah, I got a hat that says Camp Nishema. Sababa Festival, it's on the wall. Everything is Sababa, man. I'm telling y'all, kosher deal. 16 years of no alcohol. Always happy, I never mad at y'all. One time, mix it up, I feel a lodo. Oh yeah, I just drank a cup of hot cocoa. And the beatbox going slow mo. Stop it. I could do it like this and a rocket. People be like, kosher deals, you make a profit. When I get it, kind of rapping saw. People say, hey, man, do you write your taxes off? Oh, yeah. What you astounded that I got a really, really good accountant. People be like, I don't know how much are you hounding. Got the bite to the bark. I don't know around it. Wow, okay. Well, my God, represent an elephant. No, why? Backwards, Edison. Yo, it spells no side. Jumping so high. Every time I'm so fly. Been 16 years and three months since I've been so high or arrested. Actually, not. I got arrested in June at a, a protesting march but uh that was like the fourth time i call my parents they're like yo man you kicking the wrong rhymes i'm in the back of the bus rapping the trust talk about the podcast yo i'm laughing what's up this is something i feel like i rip it quick i heard you did podcast is this the 50th maybe i'll go in i did three shows in poland then i said yo this is like the jewish joe rogan okay oh, <laughs> every time i'm focused murder she wrote kid stranger things like yo this is a great show for 13 year older um, I spit the word seen like soldiers. Everyone say it's kosher. Why isn't it kosher? I don't know, but still have me in your bedroom on a poster. Ooh. I'm looking for an Instagram poster, but I got to do it by myself. Jewish by myself, making music by myself. I don't need music. I just need some help. Mazel, mazel, mazel. I love freestyling. Oh, it's like a release. That is nuts. That, that was incredible. That's incredible. Other f- rhymes with vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> you know that challenge of orange? Does anything rhyme with orange? Oh yeah. Yeah? 
They say nothing rhymes with orange. Well, if you use an accent, everything rhymes with orange. How so? You're like, I need a juice in a cup of the orange. You're like, Grandma, poured all of the porridge. Uh People said my name is not Dolores. So I drove up to Mayor Kay's house in a Ford Taurus. It was hardcore kids. And I used multiple syllables. And you switch it out. You know what I mean? Right, right. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. We're happy. The, the fans are happy. They got their fix of some Kosher Dill's remix of freestyling. It's, it's so, amazing how the mind I works love, that way. I love telling, like, what I realize is, so I got a new album out called Nobody Cares Except You. Mm. And what why, I realized- why name, a, why name an album that? You know, it was originally called Nobody Cares because I felt like nobody cares. And then to actually get someone to care, what was it? Nobody Cares Except You because I'm usually telling people and I feel like, if you, a lot of people say, oh, I heard him rap before. It's Kosha Dills. And I heard him do a two minute rap. But it takes about at least 30 minutes to get to know somebody, right? It's not, this isn't speed dating. But unfortunately, yeah. in music and in content creation, you you have to create content that's what people digest because they have their own relationships. So nobody cares except you is like long form commitment. I'm not looking for 100,000. I'm looking for the right thousand. And that's what I meant about like, when we were talking about Nat, it's like, yeah, everyone wants to help. Okay, here, show up at this time. Let's see who shows up. And then it's like, you know, you we're, we're cutting the fat. And I love to cut the fat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so nobody cares except you is sort of a homage to how I want to change my own personal experience as an artist to make it easier for myself. Like, now we're going to have a different relationship after this podcast. People are going to come out and they're going to send you messages like, yo, I didn't know that about that guy. Sure. I didn't know he was an ex-convict. I didn't know he was a recovering drug addict. My mother died. You know, there's going to be so many different things. You're, 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 you're showing different different layers. Showing different layers to who you are. You're not yeah. just, you know, the rapper. You're not just the guy who they saw at a show once. And I you're did that. with a story. Exactly. A whole lot of wisdom. You who provided me opportunity to rap in front of 10,000 people, but for two minutes. And, you know, to get to the point where you're rapping in front of 10,000 people for 40 minutes is a long journey. But it's up to you to say, all right, I'm willing to start at 30 and that's okay because I believe if the right person who listens to the 30, you know, that long form stuff, they're sure. going to feel that real connection, you know? Nobody cares except you. That's why I'm on the podcast, bro. Yeah, I care about you. I know you do. You care about most people. That's why we work together. <laughs> well, the feelings are mutual. And uh, right now in this moment, you're the one I'm focused on. And want to share with everybody where they could hear, uh, they could find your new album and how they could keep in touch with you. Yeah. Um, everything is on the internet is Kosha Dills, K-O-S-H-A-D-I-L-L-Z. Um, if you want to be on my personal Facebook, Rami Matan Evanesh, it's really hard to spell. It's extremely foreign and I'm the only one. Um I have a podcast called Hustle Beach, which I just want to shout out to other podcast diggers. If you're into, um, you know, DIY promotion, it's very business oriented, hustle inspiring con- mm-hmm. content. Um, and if you want to listen to the album, just go to Spotify, Bandcamp, everything's Kosha Dills, K-O-S-H-A-D-I-L-L-Z. Nobody cares except you.com. You just type that in and it goes right to every streaming link, Apple, Deezer, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that stuff. And you could listen to the album, share it with your friends, share it high, share it proud, my friends. Yeah. Kosha Dills, Rami, thanks so much for making the time today. You're amazing, dude. Thanks so much. I love Monday. Yeah. thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode thank you rami aka kosha dills for jumping on with me and if you haven't yet please subscribe to the podcast your support and love goes a long long way so like i always say stay positive be happy i'm mayor k and have a great day